Welcome to episode 53 of the Godly Men podcast. We have a fantastic episode that is kind of building off of one that is actually kind of building off the last two. We're building off of one that we did last time, which is really prepping yourself for worship. And we talked about at the end, preaching and, and getting up and taking as many opportunities as possible. But it leaves us with a very interesting question. We're just going to hop right in. we got a lot to discuss. And so I'm just going to hop right in because this question seems to have an obvious answer at first, but maybe there's something else that's, you know, a little bit more there. Should everyone be a preacher? Should you be striving to be a preacher? Should you be a preacher? As a godly young man, should you be a preacher? Or shouldn't you be a preacher is how I think a lot of people would ask the question. Yeah, like Joe's saying, they kind of the a lot of people are probably mentally going, uh, duh, I mean, shouldn't, shouldn't all young men, you know, want to be a preacher and aim to be a preacher? That's what we're discussing. Um, we're going to talk, the second half of this episode is going to be kind of like, how can you know if being a preacher is for you? Like, what are what are some things that you need to be ready for? Some some questions you need to have asked and answered. We're gonna come out and say it though, for kind of guns a blazing. This first point, we don't believe that every young man should aim to be a preacher. And I know that is some people. So a lot of preaching schools, a lot of preaching camps, whatever. Are like, whoa, 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 what are you saying? We're gonna talk about why we don't believe that's the case. Yeah, it, this is a this is a great episode. We we have some. Um... I went to preaching school. Just full disclosure, I went to Bear Valley. Um, Both of us have been preaching for a good amount of years. And I was going to say, you've been preaching for... Uh, 2018, since 2018. Good yeah. night. So yeah, six years, going on six years at this point. Um, I was doing future preachers and things like that back to when I was like 10 years old. So uh, you're talking pushing two, 20 years on uh, you know the, the preaching circuit, quote unquote, <laughs> if we can call it that. Preaching circuit. <laughs> yeah, as, as a 10-year-old at FPTC on That's the right, preaching yeah. circuit. Yeah, no... Um, but anyway, I always wanted to be a preacher growing up. And so this one has particular, I don't know, emotional weight for me because ever since I was, I mean, you could talk to my family, ever since I was four, five, six years old, I always would wish that there was a snow day on Sunday because that would give me an opportunity. When we didn't go to church, of course, we we're in Colorado, uh, but that would give me an opportunity to get up and preach. And after like 45 minutes, they're like, Joe, just sit down. Like, <laughs> you're not saying anything. Joe was just cut sit out down. for preaching. That's for And so sure. I loved it. I got halfway through Bear Valley and I thought, I don't want to do this anymore. Like, I, I don't want to go into full-time ministry because there's a lot of horror stories. There's a lot of other things we're going to get into on some of that stuff. But, yeah, I think I thought I was cut out for preaching, and I'm realizing, though I do preach at a congregation, the full-time preaching, there's there's elements of this that I think we need to be aware of, and we're going to jump into that. But, no, to, to start, unless there's something no, to add, no, we do not believe every godly young man should aim to be a preacher. Which, again, is so... There's so many people that... And again, you know, for those who are listening and watching, there might be some of you going, Did they, are they really saying that? Like, right. shouldn't every young man aim to be a preacher and make that a goal? And we don't think so. Um, and so, Joe, let's get into why we don't think right. so. I think we've, we've already established that we don't believe that that's the case. The, I mean, the first thing that, that we... <laughs> there's just some guys that are not cut out for the pulpit. Um, and this is not going to be a harsh mean point it's right. going to be a just true reality point there are some guys that are just not cut out for it yeah um and i think one of the problems with the let's push everybody towards hey be a preacher be a preacher be a preacher i think it's produced a lot of weak or ineffective as yeah. i guess would be the word preachers yeah ineffective preachers and so i personally would not feel as though this is a good thing to to take a young man who is not going to be good at communicating his thoughts, um, you know, 
you know, uh, even just in general, but about God's word and saying, hey, you should go lead a congregation where your main job is to communicate your thoughts about God's word. Right. right. Sorry. Like, I just don't think that that's something that's good. And, right. and there's more to it than talent, Joe. Start with the first point on here of like why there are some people who are not cut out for the role. Some guys are just immature. And this is something that I recognized in myself. I was young going to Bear Valley. What, you know, coming out 18, 19 years old, I have no business leading a congregation. A lot of them will go into youth group, youth ministry. I don't have a you business. Have, you being, have even less business doing that. I was going to say, yeah. I don't have business being a youth minister. I'll end up marrying somebody. You know what I mean? Like, that's not healthy either. And so we have a lot of guys that are young. They're getting into the pulpit. They are too immature. And, and you know, due to personal issues, they got a raging porn addiction. We're they talking are, young 20-year-olds in a lot of cases. Oh, yeah. yeah even so. guys into their 30s that just don't have their life together. Again, the, the porn is a huge problem in the pulpit, and you're going to have a very difficult time taking a hardline stance on morality and on moral issues, and specifically issues of, of sexuality, if you have that in your closet, you know, if that's something that's taking place. There's a lot of guys that are just not mature enough to stand up to have the hard, you know, to be able to say the hard things. You don't have enough life experience. You can't get up and, and preach on transgenderism or get up and preach on on the sins of, of feminism or, or get up and preach on who knows what it may be. Sure. Like some of the more difficult passages, when you're a 19-year-old kid, I hate to say it, I'm not discouraged everybody but at the same time there are some guys that due to their immaturity you are not one of them you were well versed and i hate to say well versed in the world as though you're worldly but you know what i mean like you kind of understood how things worked you are mature at a young age there's a lot of guys that just aren't there doesn't mean yeah. they can't necessarily get there but due to personal issues personal sin life immaturity i think that's the first reason why not maybe not you shouldn't aim to be a preacher you see this in life as far as like the the face of a company CEO, maybe a, a senior partner at a law firm, you, the uh, even the quarterback of a of a sports team, guys that are like the faces of their company, faces of the franchise. There's a certain gravitas that comes That's with right. that. There's a certain level of, um, you know, leadership that you need to have of like you're representing something much bigger than yourself. Yeah. And so with that comes the need. To, I listened to Colin Cowherd, the sports guy, and he talks about how he doesn't think his quarterback should wear a backwards hat at press conferences because it communicates hmm. like you know, immaturity and yeah. kind of being a frat boy as opposed like, yeah. to, yeah, very, you know, business-like and I'm leading the franchise. <laughs> I think there's something to that because, again, you want to see the guy can handle it. There's, again, right. there's a maturity there. There is, a, again, just a level of gravitas. Being a preacher is not the same as being a senior partner to law firm, quarterback, all those things. I get that. However, you are leading a congregation. That's right. In some ways, you are the face of the congregation because you're getting up and, and again, you're in the pulpit. People see you. They know your your name is associated with the congregation. So I do think the, the, the analogies that I just used, I think they, they fit. I think there's yes. a parallel there because, once again, there needs to be a level of, of maturity, a level of I can handle this, a level of gravitas of, like, I understand what this position holds and I'm mature enough to handle That's it right. versus, like, yeah, you know, I, I preach and, you know, I'm Mr. Goofball. and it, No, there's no business for that. And we're not talking about a guy who can't grow into those things. We realize everybody's immature at some point. We're not talking about that. We're talking about... The guy who is ready to step in a congregation that is wearing the backwards hat to, to further the illustration, that doesn't even understand why that's a problem. You're not ready to take on the seriousness of the congregation and, and of all the challenges that it presents if you lack the skills, lack the ability, but also lack, you know, basically, yeah, lack your or lack the maturity to be able to lead an entire congregation because your face could be plastered on a billboard for all you know. Like, are you the type that's going to lead it well? Again, that doesn't mean you can't grow into it. But you need to strongly consider if that life is for you specifically. Well, and th this is not me taking a shot at anybody at all, but look around the church. Look at some of the youth ministers, mainly in the youth ministers, but look yeah. at some of the preachers. You can see some in, in some cases the ones where it's like, 
Yet that maturity's not there. Yep. yep, he's there just kind of goofing off. Again, it's mainly a youth minister problem. But again, it can carry over to the pulpit as well. And so again, I hope we've made the point like if you got personal issues, if you're immature, if you just don't understand the, the gravity of your position, you probably shouldn't be a preacher. But the second thing, and this is going to be one that's a little bit more harsh as far as there's some guys that are not, that are not cut out for the role of the, pul- of the pulpit, you got to have some kind of skill and talent, and there's just some guys that don't. And again, you you are selected for a position most of the time in the world, in, in society, based on your skill and your talent, your yep. ability to do something. Why in the world are we having guys who don't, again, have the ability to communicate their thoughts, yeah. have the ability to speak publicly, have the ability to influence people with their words? Sure, get up in the pulpit and lead our congregations. Doesn't make sense. Some of the me. most awkward guys I know, that, again, I'm sorry, they just genuinely lack the ability to effectively communicate, even on a one-on-one level, which you really need as a preacher. Yeah. Some of the most awkward guys I know are in the pulpit. And what's interesting I know dozens and hundreds of preachers, I imagine. We, you know, going through Bear Valley, but also we ran a student adoption program, meaning like we met tons of, you know, Bear Valley and everybody else and then type Sunset and such. Do you know how many of those are introverts who just are genuinely not people person? I think your dad is actually kind of that way, though he's very effective at it. Your dad's very good at coming out of his shell. I'm not saying that can't, he's, he's a bit of an exception. Yeah. I'm not saying it can't happen. My brother's a big introvert. He did very well in, in the ministry. But in I think he would aspects. even say starting his, he said it before, very starting true. his ministry, he he was kind of clammed up quite yes, a bit. Yes, very much so. Even by the time he ended, he realized, I don't think that's cut out for me specifically, even though he's a fantastic communicator, fantastic preacher, there are elements to the job that from a skills perspective and just from a personal perspective, if you are a major introvert and can't talk to anybody about anything... Maybe the pulpit is not for you, uh, and and I'm not trying to say that in a mean way. The reason why they're, and this is going to get to the next point, the reason why they're drawn to it, in my opinion, is because of their biblical knowledge. They're very good at studying. They are introverts, right? So they read a lot. They read a ton of the early church fathers. They read all these scholars. They're very knowledgeable, and they love to just study the Word of God. And because I love to study the Word of God, which is fantastic, because I love to do that, that must mean I'm cut out for preaching. Pump the brakes. Just because you have a very good knowledge, a strong spirituality, a biblical knowledge, that doesn't necessarily equate to the preacher role. So this is kind of our second point here under this umbrella of we don't believe every young man should strive to be a preacher is we've kind of in the church, we've done this thing where if a, you know, have a youth group of 15 guys, if, if one or two of them is like really spiritual and shows a level of, of Bible knowledge, answering the questions in class yeah. or maybe taking notes during the sermon or involved in last leaders and does a good job or whatever— what does everybody tell him, man? You must be a preacher. You're going to be a preacher one day. Yep. You're going to, you know, and it, I, I appreciate that. They're, that's not malicious. That's something that, you know, I'm sure has helped a lot of young men maybe become preachers. I think there are some unintended consequences of that um, where we have kind of fooled ourselves into thinking that if a young man is super spiritual and loves to read his Bible, oh, well, he's got to be a preacher. That's the only thing he can do. Right. What does that say about everybody who doesn't decide to be a preacher? Must not be that spiritual. That's must, exactly Must it. not really okay need for you to, to know nothing about the Bible. Yeah, must not even know anything about your Bible. And what we put on here is the church needs strong, solid, biblically knowledgeable men yep. in every field of, of you know, it, we need strong, biblically knowledgeable men in law. That's right. Strong, biblically knowledgeable men in the medical field as nurses, uh, running companies, as CEOs, running restaurants, whatever. This this pushed, in, in my opinion, again, to push everybody towards, you got to be a preacher. You're really spiritual. You you like to read your Bible. You you answer all the questions in class. Go, 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 go. Yeah. 
it kind of communicates this idea of the preachers are the ones that are the spiritually, I guess, elite, you might say, super spiritual. And then all the other men in the congregation that, that keep other jobs, they don't really have to do anything yeah. like that. And I think that's a bad precedent to set. One of the more spiritually grounded guys I know, fantastic with family worship, leading, as far as I'm aware, all those kids are very faithful. They're great guys, or, or great kids. He's a fantastic guy. He's a roofer. I think he started as a preacher, and then he became a roofer. It can't happen. Blue-collar work, unfortunately, a lot of times, like, they put everything into the business, you know, electricians and plumbers and, and carpenters and everything else. They put everything into the business, and because they're kind of told, like, we have this mentality, well, you're not the ultra-spiritual. You know, that's for, like, the... The, the clergy or whatever we want to say, yeah. right? Like, it's okay that you don't. No, it's not. You need to be somebody who is very biblical, not, uh, biblically based and knowledgeable who also does his job. We're going to get into this a little bit more as uh, the role of a tent maker, but there is an element here of like, just because you are strong spiritually and just because you love to study the Word of God, that is fantastic. That doesn't mean you are cut out for the ministry. That just right. means you're cut out to be a fantastic person, you know, a fantastic Christian who's willing to go out and, and maybe do whatever you can in whatever God places you. I think our point is every every godly young man in every job, every position that they're in should love to study the Word of God and should be passionate about him and his Word. And that doesn't mean you have to be, be funneled into the position of preacher. Because, again, those who are funneled that way, it kind of leaves a bunch of spiritually weak men in the congregations that are doing other things. And so if you have that spiritual passion and then the love for the Word of God, again, we're going to talk about how you can know if being a preacher is for you because we're not trying to discourage anybody from preaching. We're just saying be very careful because there are times, again, like there are some people that are not cut out for it. And maybe you're listening to this and you are cut out for it. That's great. Hope you hope you have 30, 40 years of serving the Lord's Church preaching. Some of you listening to this right now who are not cut out for preaching. Right. And so that's just the first point we want to start with. The last thing that we've got on this uh, kind of first umbrella area is something that I think you've seen a lot of because you know some people or you know a lot of people that go to Bear Valley because, you know, you still are close to the school and all those things. And maybe you can even speak to it from when you were there. A lot of guys use preaching school or just the ministry in general as a backup plan. It cannot be your backup plan. By that I mean... Well, you know, I don't really have any other kind of passion or desire. I don't really want to go to school. I don't really, I don't really have any other uh, path of life that I'm treading down. So I, I guess I'll be a preacher. I guess I'll go to preaching school. Joe, why is that a problem? Why is it not a problem? <laughs> true, <laughs> I think it's true. a better answer. It cannot be. Look, look, it's easy, easy, quote unquote. Actually, a lot of people think it's easy, and I can speak to it. It is not. Uh, Bear Valley was harder than my bachelor's and master's combined, and I'm not kidding. It was four years into two. People wow. had no idea. It was brutal on how much you had to do. Now, to those that are listening that, that went through Bear Valley or currently going through Bear Valley, I think it's gotten easier, but my brother said the same thing when I went through. Oh, you had it so much easier than we did. Every Everyone gets subsequently easier. Either way, it is very, very difficult. So they sure. think they're going in for ease, but they're also going in for price. It's cheap. It's free, right, is what they say. Now you got to live in Denver and you got to raise support and everything else. But because of those things, you go, okay, I got two years. That'll really give me an understanding. I'll come out with a biblical foundation, which is fantastic. Maybe I'll decide to preach. And, and if not, you know, I just kind of did the two years. Here's my beef. You've got people supporting you. You are going to people, persons in the church, that could be supporting somebody who really has a fire, a passion for this. And because you just want to mess around for two years because you couldn't figure out what you wanted to do, you said run, you know, into these preaching schools. I know a lot of preaching schools. I know a lot of people that does not speak to every single one of them. But if this is not something that you have as a deep desire, as a passion, desire, a burning yeah. desire, Jeremiah says, a fire in my bones. Spurgeon's got some great quotes on it of like, 
If this is not something that you feel called to every time you get out of bed, basically, you're not cut out for the ministry. We're talking what should be the elites. We talked about this for the elders. The preachers precede the elders when you walk into a congregation where there are no elders in helping establish them. The preachers have to know what they're doing. They have to be great men of God, spiritual warriors. And if this is kind of a, I'll play at it, I'll see. You know, I'll, I'll figure it out. I'll figure yeah. it out. Two years, it's free, it's kind of easy and cheap and, what, and whatnot. Absolutely we'll kind of use a backup plan. Yeah. Eh, wrong. Do not do that. You are there to learn the Word of God, ultimately go into the ministry, and if not into the ministry, to do something ministry adjacent, at least where those that are supporting you I'm sorry, but they, they got return on their investment in some way. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the first half. Again, the next half is going to be more positive. We're not, again, we're not trying to discourage you from wanting to preach. We're just trying to make the point that it is not for everybody. Right. It is not for every godly young man to say, oh, I want to be a godly young man. Therefore, I must be a preacher. That's not the way the equation goes. You can you can be a preacher. That's something you can strive for. But you can also be a godly young man as a plumber. As a, again, a, as a nurse, as a whatever, you know, fill in the blank, doesn't mean you have to be a preacher because you might not be cut out for it. So, Joe, let's kind of switch gears here and let's talk about how, how do you know if, if being a preacher is for you? What are some questions that we can ask and answer as far as like, okay, well, basically, what am, I, what am I getting myself into? I think I want to be a preacher. I, I think I do have maybe some talent, some skill for it. Um, I know it, you know, I, I maybe, you know, we feel as though we're mature and so we want to move forward. Yeah. What are some questions that we need to ask as far as like will as far as it will determine whether or not we think we should continue down this path of being a preacher? This is going to sound contradictory to what we said earlier, but take all of these questions sequentially. These go together because we're not just done after one question because you're going to look at this one and go, well, didn't you just say? But the first question is, do you love to study the Word of God and do you desire to do it for a living? And again, I realize we just said just because you love the Word of God doesn't mean you have to be a preacher, but that is a prerequisite. It's kind of the prerequisite. It is yeah. a prerequisite. Like, I don't really... Wait, what's the book of Malachi? That exists? Yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> no, you need to have a passion Revelations, for the Word of God. Yeah. <laughs> Revelations, yeah. Um, shout out Jack. Shout yeah. out Jack, yeah. He's, that's his big pet peeve, as people call it, Revelations, uh, instead of Revelation. You have to have a strong desire to do this, in my opinion, for a living, where you have, a again, a fire in your bones where the Word of God matters to you. Just about more than anything else. Um, the problem is that disqualifies lots and lots. That's kind of our point, though. Now we do have a crisis in the church, and you're going to hear people from from the Bible or from you know Bible colleges and such, and from preaching schools go, whoa, 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 exactly as you said. We're having a crisis in the church. We can't fill our pulpits. We need as many people as possible. And I would say we've lowered the bar so much. We're filling the pulpits with people that have no des- no no desire for it and had no business being in the pulpits. That's what's creating weak spirituality. Well, and the other. Th- Sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. We just need to raise the bar and have guys that prerequisite-wise right here, they love the Word of God and they really want to communicate that. Well, that's the other thing. If you have congregations full of husbands and fathers who the bar has been raised and they are they love the Word of God and they're passionate, maybe at their jobs or whatever, I think the preacher problem would probably solve itself. Like you'd figure out a rotation or you, you know. That's right. I, I think the, the crisis to me, and, and this, I, I respect our preaching schools, Bear Valley, you know, all of, I think they do a great yeah. job. To me, the crisis is not we have a preacher crisis. We have a family crisis. We have a husband crisis, a father crisis, far more than we have a preacher crisis. And so that, again, why we're 53 episodes in in the God Young Men podcast, and this is the first episode we've done on preaching, is because I, I do think there are, I don't want to say bigger fish to fry, because that sounds, again, a bit you know disrespectful. My point is we have a husband-father family crisis right. more so than a preacher crisis. And so that would be, again, step one to how do we fix the church, I don't think is... 
well, let's just get a bunch more preachers. I think step one is let's raise the bar for our husbands and fathers and make sure that they are striving to be godly young men. So, again, just wanted to to clarify that. But to Joe's point, the first question you need to ask yourself, do you want to do this for a living? Do you you love studying the Word of God, preaching or communicating the Word of God, and do you want to do it for a living? Because if you don't, you can kind of move on. Secondly, though, again, ties into what we talked about earlier. Do you have a talent and skill for speaking and communicating thoughts or ideas publicly? Again, th- this is key here as you consider do you want you know do you want to move into the the career path of being a preacher, the the field of being a preacher? Are you good at communicating your thoughts? Are you good at sharing ideas? Are you good at okay, I know what the scripture says, I know what the application is, but then I don't know how to communicate it. Well, then you, you know, it's kind of a big part of being a preacher. There is so much to this about you need to be able to effectively communicate your thoughts. And if you can't, being a preacher is probably not for you. This does get us into, I brought this up last episode of like the, the preachers that rabbit chase and the yep. preachers that, you know, you, you can listen to for 25 minutes and go, what was their point? Like, yep. what were, that's not, that's not great. And again, a lot of those are unfortunately not calling anybody out, but unfortunately some of those older preachers that, that do that. You need to be good at communicating your thoughts. And if you're not, you need to be, you need to have, same as the first, a very strong desire to get yes. good. You are going to, but, you know, you're, you're figuring out how to public speak. You're talking to people who do it. You're taking every opportunity. To, to our last point, our last podcast, you're taking every opportunity to get up. You may stink at first. That's okay. But do you have a desire to get better? But I would also say that you can see fruits or evidence of this in just one-on-one conversation as well. Can you communicate a thought that you yeah. have about the Bible That's in one-on-one point. conversation? In Bible class, somebody asks a question, can you answer it eloquently? Can you – again, there, there are so many people that they have a thought in their head or they have an answer and it just stays in their head because they, they, they can't figure out how to articular, articulately – how to articulate, how to articulate, it's ironic that I screwed up that word, how to articulate effectively what they're, what they're wanting to say, what they're trying to communicate. And man, you got to be able to do that if you're going to be a preacher, because you can have the greatest outline in the world. You can have the perfect manuscript of a sermon written with all the great, you know, analogies and metaphors and whatever. If you can't communicate it effectively, it's not going to do any good. So this is a big one. And this is unfortunately one that we have to be pretty self-aware on of like, are you talented at this? Are you skillful at this? And Or, as to Joe's point, can you grow into that at some point? Because there's some people that can. If you can't, you probably shouldn't be a preacher. They say that you're, what is it, the first, I think it's over death, the um, biggest fear yeah. is public speaking. If that is you, and it's like, I, I can't ever. I think you need to push yourself. We've talked about that a lot. I think you need to push yourself. You need to get yeah. to the point where you are comfortable in public. Public speaking is important for a number of reasons. Maybe you shouldn't do it for a living. If but you're maybe that's something, yeah, yeah you don't do it for a living necessarily if that's something you want to get better at. Here's really where we get into the nitty-gritty is the yep. third point here. And this is going to sound, it almost sounds bad, but it's so true. And this is honestly what took me halfway through Bear Valley, what took me out of it. Really? Are you ready to deal with the ugliness of the church? The people within. The people within. You will deal with some of the world's toughest people in ministry. And, you know, after I don't know how many half dozen, dozen stories of teachers at Bear Valley going, yeah, you know, when I was in ministry, the I, I had one, I remember a car, uh, like one preacher had his car blown up or something. I mean, just insane stuff. Oh my stuff. goodness. <laughs> You're having to, to go over, who do you think they call when, when their house floods? Now this used to be the case. I don't think they do it as much these days, but the preacher stories, who do they call when their house is flooding 2 a.m.? Preacher, can you come over and help? 
<laughs> 2 a.m., the guy's having to go over there and do it. It's like, I didn't sign up for this. I'm looking to preach. Now, that's terrible. You want to go help people. But it's like, how about you call somebody else first? Maybe like a plumber to fix the problem. They don't think that way. So yeah. you're going to be dealing with, and that's just the trivial. We're talking the actual ugliness. We're talking the gossip, the people that hate your guts, people that leave over your preaching that, you know, been here. They don't like your style. They don't like what you say, whatever it is. And they leave. And yes, it hurts. And you have to have a thick enough skin, but also the humility to go, Okay, either I got that one wrong or I didn't get that one wrong, but I will pray for them. I'll go after them. I'll chase them. There is an ugly nature of the church. And look, I love the church. We're not yeah, we're talking about leaving. the people. We're yeah. talking about the people. We're not talking about the, the bride of Christ. We're not talking about the institution, you know, yeah. the institution or that, well, people are terrible, so you need to leave. Not at all. But you have to be aware that the preacher will be dealing with those people more than anyone else and be dealing with the struggles of the congregation more than anyone else. Are you prepared for that? You can't go into it thinking it's just going to be sunshine and rainbows. Right. And that every day, every week is going to go really well and that you're just going to have the greatest interactions with everybody and everybody's just going to be so happy to see you and that, you know, your sermon, that you're just going to, they're just going to tickle their ears and they're just going to be so happy to hear you preach. It's not like that all the time. No. There, I mean, you hear the stories about ministers that, you know, not just the, you know, the really horror stories, but they just get kind of burnt out. And they get burnt out usually nine times out of ten. Why? Because of the people that they're dealing with, and you know, people's lives are are rough, and they're, the preacher gets the brunt of it because there are again, there's so many things that he has to deal with, and again, sometimes it gets downright ugly. I put the word ugliness on here because it, it sometimes gets downright ugly. Hateful things are said about about your family. Hateful yep. things are said about something that you taught about the fact that you're not good at pre- whatever it is. There's so many things that I think young guys might be unprepared for yeah. when it comes to preaching again they think it's just going to be the greatest thing where they get to study god's word for all week and then get up and preach to a bunch of smiling faces on sunday morning i'm not trying to paint it doom and gloom but it's different than that it's not always like that and so are you ready to deal with that it's not to say that you can't you just have to be ready for it i'm going to bump number five to four for a reason i yeah, like that on there but i think it goes hand in hand because one of the things i was thinking with the ugliness this ties in number five well we'll say we'll number say four. number four we'll say number, number four, four. Are you prepared for your family to be held to a higher standard? Some of the most ugly things I've seen is an elder where the guy, and I, I am related to somebody who's a, a preacher, was a preacher, and um, ended up buying a new truck, and everybody in the congregation was just like shocked. And I'm sorry, we pay your salary. A brand new truck? Are you serious? And he got called in from, uh, from the elders. People were ticked. And the elders, a lot of times, will back the people because they don't want all the, the people they to They want to put the fires they out. They want to put yeah. the fires out. They think that's their role is to keep everybody peace and everybody happy. And if they don't have your back, this is where the ugliness really comes out. If somebody will say something, they'll, they'll challenge you, they'll do whatever else. If you don't have a strong eldership, and if you... That could get very, very ugly, and this is where a lot of burnout happens. You will be held to a higher standard. Yep. Those things go hand in hand. The elders are going to hold you to a higher standard. You will live in a glass house. People will be ugly because they're going to see in your glass house and go, "Oh, he doesn't have his life right. Who's he to lecture me on X, Y, Z?" Are you prepared for that? Your wife, your kids. Yeah. Yes, everybody in your home is going to come under scrutiny. Your dog's going to come under scrutiny, man. I mean, it is, and and this sounds so depressing the way I'm saying it. Being a preacher is one of the greatest callings, one of the greatest things ever. But you have to be prepared and have thick enough skin to deal with the ugliness and to deal with the fact that you're living in a glass house and you will be held to a higher standard. Whether you think that's right or wrong, it's, it is it is just a part of life. It is a fact. Well, you will be held to a higher standard. I put on here like right or wrong because there's part of me that's like, no, that shouldn't be the case. We should all be held to a high standard. And then part of me is like, yeah, but at the same time, again, the, like I started the episode where we started the episode with the one leading the congregation 
Needs to make sure he's got his stuff together. So Paul calls yeah. Timothy, First Timothy four four twelve, right? <coughs> like, let no one look down on your youthfulness, yeah. because what he says is be an example in all of those areas. Why? Because people are going to look for any the ugliness. They will look for any reason to discount you. When you start calling out false teachers, they're going to go for the jugular. You have to be held to a higher standard. You have to hold yourself to the highest standard. That's why going into chapter five, he talks about the way you treat the older women, the older men, the other, you know, the younger women as sisters. Right? There's a reason why their conduct has to be at a high high standard because you will be judged more harshly and you will have a higher standard or be held to the higher standard of the congregation. So I think there's an element of that. I I agree with you. It's kind of back or forth, right or wrong. There is a right element to this. That's like, yeah, you should, and you should be holding yourself, which goes back to our point of you cannot be immature and have all of these issues going on and think that you're prepared to lead a congregation. And you can't, you know, sit there like, yeah, I've got my stuff together, but I let my kids kind of do whatever. And, you know, my wife just gossips like it's nothing and, you know, kind of runs the church in other ways as far as, you know, runs runs it down with her mouth. And, again, my kids are just rambunctious. No, you, you do need to have that together. You need to make sure. Talked about it with the eldership thing two weeks ago, like, you need to make sure your house is in order because yeah. once again you're representing the Lord's church. You're you're the face of it, and if if you can't handle your family, you probably shouldn't be handling you know the the body, so to speak. Again, not in a shepherd's role, but in a preaching role. And so you need to be prepared for that for the higher standard that I do believe everybody should be called to. But there there is something different about being a preacher. Yeah. Number five, are you prepared to face kind of the Real life and real world situations that people are dealing with that are just tough to navigate. Again, this is a kind of, again, the furthering the sunshine, sunshine and rainbows point that everybody thinks, oh, everybody's life is just great. People's lives are broken. People's yes, lives are. are messed up. There are things as a preacher, especially if you're somewhere where you are fortunate enough to be long tenured, where you get to know people on a deeper level, you get to know families, you've been around the block a time or two, you, you've you know seen kids grow up and all these things. There are a lot of real-world situations and real-life things that are difficult to navigate that you as the preacher are going to be put smack dab in the middle of in so many cases. Yep. Marital struggles, maybe marital infidelity you know, or something like that. Unfaithful kids, kids walking away from the church completely, and you're going to be— the parents are going to come to you saying, what do I do? You know, uh, Maybe rebellious kids in their teens, maybe before they leave the house, that you're like, what do I do here? Just— Church friction, division, people button heads, maybe that you had nothing to do with, but you've got to figure out how to navigate these two groups of people that just don't get along whatsoever. You know, ethical concerns. There's there's just so many things that, yeah. again, we're not trying to scare people away from being a preacher. We're trying to prepare those of you who do want to be a preacher. Be prepared for these things you're going to have to deal with. That you know, Again, your, your work week is not always just going to be Sitting in the office studying and, and say, sermon, saying hello to everybody on Sunday and making sure that you, you attend the elders meeting. There's more to it than that. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking of all the other things. You got to be pre- prepared to deal with people who've lost loved ones. We're talking the worst mm-hmm. of the worst. You know, people who have kids die just suddenly. You got to be prepared for the grief. You got to be ready to do those funerals. You got to be ready to do weddings and and also to tell certain people. I don't think you're. I think you're in sin. I don't think this is a good. Yep. You know, a good fit. Potential I don't think disfellowship guys, issues. Disfellowship yeah. issues. Kid turns transgender of, of yep. the you know the biggest family in the church that is a uh, a pillar of the youth group and their kid turns transgender. Their kid walks away from the faith. What are you gonna do? What are yep. you going to do in those moments? So if you feel that you are somebody who's ready to step up to the plate, what we're looking for is that attitude of like, okay, it, there's a humility there, but also kind of like I'm ready to take this on. But the last thing that we would say, and that goes right into this, are you ready to hold the position of a church authority? It's kind are of you, the where the rubber meets the road. That's here. exactly yeah. where it is. Are you ready to take a stand? 
and to hold this position of authority, fully appreciating, yes, there's a humility there, but you're also fully appreciating the keys that have been handed to you, which is yeah. kind of the keys of the congregation. You get to be in the minds of everybody weekly, most of the time, multiple times a week. There's a grind element to that, prepping a class, you know, two classes and two sermons and, and a Devo on Tuesday and a women's group on Thursday. And I mean, they're going to have you do a lot potentially depending on the church you go to. Are you prepared for that? But also, are you ready to lead people spiritually? Because as much as it really does fall to the elders, we talk about this a lot, let's just you're be real. You're still leading people spiritually. You're still yeah. leading people spiritually, and most people right now are looking to you. The elders are glorified deacons at a lot of congregations. Yeah. I don't say that lightly, and I don't mean to be a jerk. But that's just the long and short of it. They're coming to you to answer their spiritual questions. They're coming to you for grief counseling. They're coming to you for marital infidelity. All of these things. They should go to the elders. It's just not happening. So are you ready to take on that church authority and to say, yeah, by the will of God and by the grace and power of God, I think I can do this. And it is a worthy position to hold. Yes, it, it is. It is something worth striving for and, and worth you know, putting in the ground, working hard for those things. But again, to circle back around to where we started, it must be taken seriously. This is not something you can just go, yeah, sure, I'll give it a try. And, you know, how hard can it be, right? No, 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 no. This must be taken very seriously because it it is a church authority position. It is a spiritual leader position. No, you're not the shepherd. You're not an elder, although some preachers do end up serving on the eldership as well. However, again, as Joe said, you're in front of the congregation three, four times a week, influencing their thoughts spiritually. You're the face of the franchise. You're the quarterback of the football team, so to speak. You touch the ball on every single play. Are you ready for that? If your answer to all of those things that we just brought up is yes, you're probably probably good to go down the path of being a preacher. Again, this was an episode where we wanted to, I guess, enlighten and just kind of share some of our, maybe we'll do another episode on some of our experiences, things we've learned in our times of preaching that will be a little bit differently structured than this. But for this episode, we wanted to, first of all, answer the question of, should every young man strive to be a preacher? We don't believe so. But then secondly, if you'd like to be a preacher, here are some of the things you should you should be ready for and kind of yep. be be thinking about. Again, questions you should be asking yourself now. But I hope and pray there are people listening to and watching listening to and watching this who are thinking, I've thought about all those things. I think I'm ready for all those things. Um, they're gonna pick up the mantle. They're yeah, gonna take it. Go for it. Yeah. I mean, that, go ahead. Fire in the bones. Yeah. You know, they're firing the bones. It's like somebody's got to say this and I feel like I have the you know God-given talent or the ability or the desire to to learn the ability I have a deep passion for the Word of God I have a deep passion to help people to help the church to build it up man you're on fire for God absolutely go for it we are a thousand percent behind you here's the other thing though that I will say first off you can still do something else. You don't have to be a preacher if that's the case. We still need godly plumbers. We still need godly lawyers. We definitely need godly lawyers. <laughs> we still need godly realtors and everything else. But I will say, consider the idea of tent making. That's what I do. That's what you do. We both preach at our congregation. Elaborate on what tent making is just in case they don't Tent know. making. So Paul is a tent maker. He calls himself a tent maker, meaning he literally made tents while going and preaching. Secular so job supp- while also Correct. preaching. So he supported himself so he wouldn't have to take money from congregations, even though that's not wrong. You know, it's, it's, uh, we see that in Scripture. It's not wrong for that to be the case. At the same time, he looked at it as, I can have a secular job and support myself and help the church. To me, this is the wave of the future. I'm just going to go off on this real fast. It's the wave of the future. There are too many congregations. They don't have enough, they don't have enough funds. They don't have enough people to really support you full-time. But they are desperately in need of men of God who are willing to step up and boldly preach the Word of God. And we need that. We very much need that. We do have a preacher crisis but in my opinion, the way to solve it is you can be, a, a, again, a manager at a Chick-fil-A, a manager at, you know, I don't know, the local gas station. 
but then also preach on Sundays. Like we need guys that are willing to do that, that again, have the fire in the bones and they're willing to, to do basically to make it work for the church where the church doesn't have to support them 60 a year, 70, 90 a year, whatever it is, the benefits, the everything else. Churches can't right now, especially yeah. post COVID strongly, please strongly consider being a tent maker where we need people to boldly speak out. We need people who are talented, who have a deep desire for God, but who are also willing to affect the world around them and maybe not waiting on the perfect job to open up. They say, you know what, I'm going to go do something else and I'm still going to preach. Uh, again, I think that's what I came to in the middle of Bear Valley is I still wanted to preach. I still had the fire in my bones ever since I was a very young kid. I didn't want to be beholden to a congregation that could fire me on the spot for preaching something that they didn't agree with. And that would also take resources away from other people. It's like, I think I can support myself and still do what I love. And that's, God has blessed me amazingly in that. So I would strongly consider that. I just wanted to get, get that part. I out. like that. Yeah. I mean, I guess we'll wrap by saying, if you choose to be a preacher do so for the glory of God, you know, do it passionately, um, do it effectively. And again, there, there's so many things that are positive and things worth striving for. And if you choose not to be a preacher, Man, serve God just as just as passionately and, and just as strongly, I guess you might say, in your role, in your career, but also as a husband and father. Because again, uh, as the Godly Young Men podcast, that has been our main focus because right. that is something that I think you got to get that right first if, before you want to be a preacher. We got, you know, you can't be an effective preacher if you're not an effective or, you know, godly husband and father. And so start there and then move on from there and you can serve God very well. Be grateful ways. for your preachers. Absolutely. And thank them. Truly, thank them and support them. That doesn't mean you're going to love everything they do. It doesn't mean you think they're they're the bee's knees all the time. Truly, we've laid out, this is a difficult work. It's worthy. It's amazing in a lot of ways, but it is a difficult work. Don't be the guy who makes it more difficult on them. Make sure that even if you choose not to be a preacher, you are there. God is back. You're there to help spur him on to be better himself, for him to be you know pushing you to be better. So even if you don't choose this path, support your preachers. Love yep. your preachers. Thank your preachers. And recognize this is a calling from God. That is truly difficult, but it's so worthwhile. Absolutely. We'll wrap right there. What a great way to wrap, Joe. Thank you so much for that. I've got nothing else, so we will be back next week with episode 54 of the Godly Young Men podcast. Thank you so much for watching. 